0: Hi, everybody, and thanks for joining our weekly podcast. I'm Robin Lewis, founder and CEO of the Robin Report, which, by the way, is really much more than a daily report. It really is a knowledge platform um, from which uh, we communicate thought leadership on various strategic topics. uh, Yeah, through our daily reports, but also on these podcasts as well. And we do webinars, and uh, perhaps in the future, we will be doing some live events. And along with Shelly Cohan, my weekly podcast partner, and by the way, she's also a professor at Fashion Institute of Technology. Um, And so, Shelly and I welcome you to our conversation on the topic of marketing's future with AI. There's that buzzy couple letters, <laughs> which is the hottest topic in the world today. Anyway, I'm thrilled you know, to, to have someone with us today who is who's an AI enthusiast, and not just an enthusiast. Uh, she uh, has held several impressive roles as a CMO, uh, formerly at Amazon, Ring, Red Bull, Vans. Apple and AT&T, uh, Lindsay chef has left that big corporate world and started her own business. And the CMO sidekick is the name of it. Uh, and it's a, it is a support system for senior marketing leaders And this industry has a lot of them and seniors, operate <laughs> operated word, um, a system, uh, an on-demand uh, CMO, if you will. That is what uh, Lindsay does, kind of like as a third party for these big companies who really need an education. Um, you know, two factors that have heavily influenced the change in direction for marketers today is the um, near elimination, really, of 30 par- third-party cookies, uh, dat- data from that. And the advancements of artificial intelligence. The advertising ecosystem today is not what it was in the past. And traditional marketing tools are essentially out the window. And I will add one more major influence, which is the velocity to which all of this is happening. It's it's absolutely uh, incredible. And I would also add that Because of these dynamics, many of the old and older CMOs, and particularly those working in old world legacy brands and retailers, um, either resigned because they just could not understand the new tools and how to use them, uh, since legacy advertising and marketing really has been flipped on its head, or they have been asked to leave. So. Welcome, Lindsay. Um, we're really glad to have you. And
1: thank you. <laughs> and
0: you know, I think you're you're in a great space today for what you do. So, you know, let's start by uh your telling us how you got to where you are today and more about um, you know, your passion on AI and marketing. And by and by the way, having just said about the pre-digital world and old CMOs having to scramble to catch up to the new world or leave it, I have to believe there is a major need among CMOs to hear from you. So get us started, here, Lindsay.
1: Absolutely. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here today. Um, you know, I think I've kind of chosen in my career to go places. And I kind of like to say, I've kind of read the tea leaves, right? Of what was Mm. coming and what was next. So when I was first coming out of college, it was websites and digital. And Mm. you know, I remember going to work at my first ad agency and I was kind of the youngest person in the agency. And they're like, oh, websites, (laughs) oh, you can do all of that. So I was like, okay, I will do all of that. And that kind of led to the next role and to the next role. And I think even um, you know, midway in my career, if you would have asked me, oh, Lindsay, you know, would you know so much about social media or work in social media? And I would have gone, Ugh, yeah, social media. <laughs> that is like the drudge of advertising and marketing. I don't want to work in that. Um, but I wow. think when, you know, I started to see that's where the industry was going. That's where money was going. That's where like strategy, active marketing strategy was being developed. That was really exciting for me. It's probably yeah. why I've bounced a bit to some some different places. But just wanting to kind of be on the cutting edge and wanting to learn as much as I can about you know the future and or what's in the near future. What's the what feels like the future that's here right now, which is AI. Um, part of me uh, leaving. Amazon and Ring to start my own thing is just this natural curiosity for what's happening in the marketplace and not having enough time to really be able to look into it and talk to different vendors and talk to different technologists and learn about the technology. And so, you know, I've been spending a lot of time meeting with different AI companies, uh, getting an AI Slack channels and talking to lots of startups about their technology and helping kind of advise them on, you know, how, how they could be helping marketers, how they could help position themselves. And then also taking that technology and all these amazing people that I'm meeting and recommending them to other people and other companies for how they can just get really resourceful um, with, uh, with how they're using AI in their daily business.
0: Yeah. Wow. So, you know, with that kind of a career path, you certainly occupy a incredibly much needed space. And, and you obviously see um, the old CMO jobs that, that, you know, their description of their jobs absolutely disappearing, right? Or, or is the CMO's position reporting to the chief technology officer instead of the CEO?
1: I think that the CMO roles are evolving. You know, I I would say I I do not think that the CMOs will report into the CTOs. Well, hopefully not. Um I think that would be a disaster to be honest. Uh maybe the CTO should report into the CMO. Maybe that would be a better structure. <laughs> Yeah. Um, you know, I think oftentimes you're now you're seeing lots of CMOs reporting up to CROs, or you're kind of seeing those roles yeah. combine. That's a lot of what I've been seeing in the marketplace. I've seen a couple of CROs that have also taken on the title of CMO, which is pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. But I think that um I think that, that traditional CMO role is 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 definitely changing. I think CMOs are being asked to do more than traditional marketing. I think <coughs> In terms of data and analytics and measurement and solving larger business problems, that maybe CMOS were kind of kept in a box or on the sidelines. They're now kind of the curtain is being opened up more mm. um, in terms of technology and allowing allowing right. We have to be we have to be allowed into conversations sometimes across different businesses, but allowing to weigh in in different areas and help guide the technology um, of you know of a business.
2: Lindsay, I love your analogy about opening up the curtain. I think that's a (laughs) great analogy. And I think it's true. And of course, I am so thrilled to have you here with us today. And uh, you and I were recently at a conference together, the Zeta Live in New York City. And I really thought that John Scully's point about how it's not AI intelligence that we should be thinking about, but intelligence overall, that really resonated with me. Because, of course, Skelly knows a thing or two about technology and consumerism.
0: (laughs) Yeah, just a thing or two. Yeah, a thing or two.
2: For our audience, (laughs) I'm sure our whole audience knows this, but he headed up PepsiCo and Apple, of course, in his former lives. But the importance is that all of us are not just focusing only on AI intelligence, but how can we synthesize all the data from all the different analytics that we're kind of pulling together? It's a tall task for sure. But what are your thoughts about this topic?
1: Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think that, you know, there's so many different sources of data and analytics as a marketer coming through your pipeline. You have things that are site side, you have um, things that are coming from your vendors, you have the analysis that's coming from your media agency, you've got an internal opinion um, and, and how your data should be structured and set up. And so it is a really complicated infrastructure, if, especially if you're working with e-commerce and you have that type of data as well. And of course, like customer privacy. And I think as Robin said in the beginning, that the the moving away from cookies and you know incrementality is something that, is on everybody's top of mind these days. And how are we going to measure that and how business is going to measure it? So I do agree um, with John as, you know, intelligence is not AI intelligence. It's just intelligence and knowing where all your data sources are coming from and how to get them organized in an organization. And in a very matrix organization, I think is going to be really important. Um, I think when I was at, you know, Ring, we were starting to talk about having like AI uh talk about ai and and how we can make it part of your business, and it really was a joint effort, uh like you said across the c t o across the c m o and you know other places of our business
0: well, you know Lindsay, the world today is so complex, I mean, I remember when I was working for one of the biggest ad agencies, and this was many many years ago, obviously, probably half a century anyway, yeah, I mean, it was very linear i mean. You know, you did creative work for TV or magazines and blah, blah, blah. And there wasn't really a lot of data that was being thrown at these agencies and the traditional kind of marketing uh, CMOs of the time way back then, which was 1970s and 1980s. Anyway, uh,
1: it sounds yeah. wonderful, actually. Well, know? I know. I, <laughs>
0: I, was a, I was a part of the madman, really. <laughs> And, and the best part of that, of course, were the three martini lunches. <laughs>
1: anyway, now I know why everyone wanted to go to work five days a week, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right.
0: Exactly. But you know, getting back to the more serious <laughs> issue here, again, there, as you, as you say, there's nobody better than John Scully uh, emphasizing that point, you know, about it's not just AI intelligence, but really about the whole uh, ecosystem of integrating all sources of intelligence, you know Shelley, as you quoted him in your Forbes article covering uh, zeta, so you know the future of marketing involves using AI tools and other intelligence sources to drive deeper loyalty, higher personalization, and of course, ultimately more revenue, right also the part the part that amazing me quote-unquote, is the pace at which marketing is changing. How can brands and retailers keep up? You know, Shelley and I are always talking about the CEO role, CEO changing, but I think the CMO role is up for even more dynamic changes. And with the continuous growth of AI, it's only going to get faster and faster and faster. And I've seen over the past couple of years and uh, these uh, retailers go unnamed, but big retailers, their CMOs have left because they just can't get caught up with the technology and the whole business about integrating all of this data, which they never had been used to. So you know what? What should executives be thinking about, and how can marketers keep up with with the speed to which? data and real-time analytics are coming back, how to act at a rapid pace. Can you fill us in a little bit, Lindsay?
1: Well, I think that the big thing is, you know, it's great to have all this technology, but if you don't have anyone on your teams that knows how to use the technology, it's worthless, right? And so what I think is going to happen over the next, I think quickly over the next several years is you know, marketing teams, hiring, not just a data analyst, but somebody who's, you know, like a technology expert on their teams that can make recommendations on the right tech stacks to use, the right data uh, platforms to use, because there are so many, right? Um, So I think that's going to be a key hire over the next, you know, year, two, three is not just, you know, I think, uh as as ai has come into the marketing world people are talking about it like on the creative side or replacing creatives which i don't i don't necessarily think is is going to be the actuality of what happens i actually think that where the 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 ai and the data technology needs to be implemented is through the marketing teams and probably needs to be adopted more quickly than you know, going to the creative side, like if you can get, if you can get a technology to, you know, you know, it's not about like reducing headcount for me, it's reducing the time of your employees spent doing mundane or stupid things that you're, that an AI could do in two seconds. Like why wouldn't you look to implement that into your teams, right? Like everyone's, everyone's saying, Oh, we're going to, replace the copywriters like well you're not going to replace the copywriters you're just going to you're just going to have ai do the copywriting stuff that's stupid that your teams <laughs> don't need to waste their time doing right. and then you're going to free up their time to do more strategic initiatives so i really think that's going to be the key to keeping up mm-hmm. at, in this rapid pace is hiring experts that really understand the technology and how to implement that into your teams to get more out of your resources and more out of your headcount Wow.
2: I love that. And that is so true. We're always like, oh, reducing headcount, reducing headcount. No, we're freeing them up so they can do more great things for the company, right? Exactly. Exactly. So this whole speed or velocity, as you say, Robin, has just really exponentially increased in the past three years. So we went from five years ago, we were worried about latency issues. How long is it going to take for the web page to load? How how to make the mobile app intuitive? <coughs> how can we load content at the speed to which users were actually consuming data? To three years ago, at the height of the pandemic, it became critical that data was synchronized, and our mindset went from "Wow, we should really get omni-channel to work" to "Oh my God, if we don't get omni-channel to work, we won't be here post-pandemic." And yeah. you know, sadly, that's exactly what happened to some brands. They couldn't keep up and, you know, they got left behind. But back to this marketing and the speed of content consumption, you know, production of marketing material has gone from like three months to three minutes, which which I think can be like a positive thing because you're able to swiftly react to consumer preferences and you can be able to adapt to real-time marketplace environmental factors. That was me putting on my little professor hat. But, um, Lindsay, what's the impact of this highly curated, personalized content developed at warp speed? Are there any cautionary tales here?
1: Yeah, I think as a marketer, this is probably one of the most scary things. I mean, I don't know about you, but like in my TikTok feed or in my Instagram feed, I like to see things that are really authentic and authentic yeah you know in term I, I mean i love being targeted i think it's great i love when a, co- a piece of content resonates with me because it's contextual and they've the marketer has done a good job of you know framing it that way to the customer and they've hit hit me at the right time you know i think that i i do think there's a line though i think that i think there's something to say for maybe i'll be a a, a non traditional traditionalist but like i do think that there is a humanizing factor to creative that isn't going to go away. Yeah. I mean, how many times do we put something in ChatGPT and it just sounds like a robot wrote it, right? Like not a human wrote it. And there are also nuances about humanity that I think AI will learn over time, but I still think that that creativity and that human touch is still going to be important. Now, like I think creating content at speed that's contextual and certain Channels it makes a lot of sense i mean when you look at search and which is very algorithm based it's very copy based and i think ai is like pretty i've used this in my past it's pretty predictive and it works really well um and there's just not a lot of creativity where i think it gets you know and i have a retail brand that i've been getting hit hit up on on tiktok constantly and i'm convinced it's generative ai i'm like there's just no way they made all this content there's no way it's definitely like a hundred percent generative. you know, and I think that's a little bit scary to me because I do think brands lose a little bit of authenticity, especially in fashion, in makeup where like that outward appearance and you know, what you're selling is really directly, directly related to the influence of, you know, this content that you're seeing online. I think that's where kind of, there's, there's a little bit of a line or needs to be a little bit of a line.
0: Yeah, you know, I totally agree with you, Lindsay. I don't I think they're. you know, it, the the it's going to be interesting to see as we cuz we're really in the embryonic stages, but it'd be interesting to see as we go down the road with AI if people can really get work, work out the balance between the human touch and, you know, what AI can do so well in terms of the the world of data and uh uh but I, I it's never going to take over the final cognizance I'm, of, of, of the human being.
1: I'm just curious too, like, you know, you, you have influencers are a hashtag ad, you know, how long did that take to come into play? Like when is something going to have to be, you know, publicly <clears throat> denounced as AI or not yeah. real? Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because it really, I I do think in some areas there will be like, a uh, line drawn between a bit of false advertising. I I think that that is gonna. That, I think that's gonna come up over the next couple of years. Is my guess. Oh boy! Yeah, of course. And,
2: and we didn't even touch upon the virtual influencers. So oh, totally. The- yeah, that's these, what I'm
1: hinting at for sure. You have yeah, all these yeah, virtual
2: yeah. influencers that are really, you know, creating quite the buzz and following, and they have this trust and credibility with their you know target markets which is really interesting cuz they're not really human but somehow we trust them yeah well, the, it's
0: the
1: other, pretty unbelievable
0: yeah the other thing i mean without ai what we're seeing today in terms of people believing whatever they whatever social media channel they're on uh and other major cable you know c- cable news and talk shows if there is such a divide and just believing what you're in front of, and social media, and the 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 unbelievable conflicts that we're seeing today, and actually violence, so forth, is without AI. But when AI starts to get involved, oh. just think mm-hmm. about it. It's 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 a little scary, and that and that I think is why sort of the Sam Altman that went before uh, Congress and they were pleading with congress and and uh what Elon Musk was a part of that group um who were pleading with congress to 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 put regulations on this but when i look at congress 90% of those people in the congress um don't even know what these guys are talking about so it's <laughs> yeah. it's a little scary you know
1: it's scary yeah it is for sure <laughs>
2: so I'm, i think
1: yeah, oh, I was just gonna say, Shelly, just to kind of bring it back to your question. So I think that, you know, content being created in, you know, three months versus three minutes is oh. uh it's it's going to put a lot of content out in the world. And I think yeah. it's for me a little bit of to be determined if that content <clears throat> is good or not, right? And not more doesn't always mean better. And I yeah. think that as a marketer, as you're building content and you're you know, you're generating content. The other thing too, is like, look at your content. Is it good? Like have people, humans, your creatives look at the content and make sure that it's good. I think a lot of times mm-hmm. I've seen, you know, you see something and you know, someone generated it with ChatGPT because they didn't proofread it. And so <laughs> I think that mm-hmm. that's going to be really important with putting all this tons of content out is to really make sure it's good. Make sure it's still resonating with your audience and it still feels authentic to your brand.
2: Well, we have so much content to share with our listeners on the new world of marketing that we're going to have to actually end part one of our podcast, Marketing's Future with AI, right here. And we'll come back next week with the second half. Lindsay, I have to say, you have been a wealth of information for sure.
0: Yes, Lindsay, thank you so much. Um, Our listeners are going to be hanging on the edge of their seats until next week's part two of the podcast. Um, And in the meantime, if any of our listeners has a great idea for a topic, uh, as I say every week, please email me at robin at Robinreport.com. You know, I've had some uh, really great feedback from many of you about our podcast, and I I really do appreciate uh, our listeners.
2: And for our listeners, you can find more of our podcast on Apple, Spotify, Buzzsprout, and the RobinReport.com. And please follow us on social media, link in with us for the latest thoughts about the industry.